All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, longtime jazz assistant coach and our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, excellent. Thanks for joining us, as always. We, we appreciate it. Uh, jazz, uh, get a, a win over the weekend over the Kings, Coach. And, you know, Gordon and I have talked a lot about the, the threes going down. That game wasn't about the three ball. Even though they took 50, they found another way to win. And that was driving the ball to the basket. That was Donovan Mitchell. And they moved the ball tremendously, and the ball swung, and they drove the closeout. And then they absolutely crushed the Kings on the boards, 52-38, to 38, including 11-4 on the offensive glass. So that second half, they really put it into another gear because first half they were just lagging in the, in the uh, final two quarters. They really uh, pushed it hard, and they uh, knocked them out for the punch. Donovan Mitchell was absolutely sensational. He's been great uh, the whole season, but in particular, Jake and Gordon, the last three games, he has taken 91 shots and 32 three throws. He's averaging 40 points a game. And what we learned from that is that he's driving the switch. Most teams keep switching defense where it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter who's trying to guard him. They switch big on Donovan or small on Donovan. Either goes around him easily or jumps over them, and he's scoring the ball at an unbelievable rate. And he, the Jazz need him to score, and he's, he's, he's delivered. Gordy, how does, how does a player of that skill level decide how often to score? Because, I mean, let's face it, Donovan could do that even more than he does, but he's trying to find the right, the right number. Uh, sharing the ball with his teammates, but also scoring when they need him, right? So how, how does one make that decision? Well, it's based on the tempo of the game, momentum. If the guy guarding you is not in a stance. So a lot of times your teammates should read the dribbler. So Donovan has the ball of Joe Ingles, and they really see that the guy on-ball defensive player is absolutely not engaged. That's a great time from a team unit that someone's going to drive the ball um, most times it's Donovan Mitchell or Joe Ingles, and they're going to make a play for themselves or for others. And so a lot of it's just instinctively, if you're if being guarded or non-guarded, and on the second side of the floor, even more dramatic one, the ball goes from swing, swing, swing to the second side. That's a great advantageous position to really uh, dribble drive to the basket and create. And Donovan has the it factor. In other words, some players never have it. He's got it. That in clutch situations, generally speaking, he always comes through, whether it's in a playoff game or whether it's versus the, uh, the Kings on, this, on a Saturday night or tonight versus the Wizards. He's got the it factor. Coach, Rudy Gobert had two attempts on uh, Sunday against the Sacramento, and Gordon and I were having a discussion about how teams – have to kind of pick their po- poison. Are they going to take the rim away? Or are they going to take the threes away? But can you kind of break down for us what teams do when they decide to limit Rudy's effectiveness at the rim? Yeah, what happens is that, like with Sean Holmes, he's a very good player. That guy is good. And everybody, he's a free agent this summer. So a lot of the teams want that guy in their team because he's athletic, but he's controlled. So against Rudy Gobert, uh, they were playing a switch defense, and then they changed the coverage where they kept uh, big on big. So when Rudy goes to the basket, it's not a smaller guy trying to take him airborne. It's the big guy trying to stay in his body. And, Jake, you and I talk about this often over the years. The ultimate big guy would be Anthony Davis or Stephen Adams, where they put their body on uh, Rudy, and he slows his verticality as far as jumping. So in the coverage, the big doesn't jump out on the dribbler. He um 
he fakes shows and goes back to Rudy, who's rim rolling, and that keeps uh, big on big versus that awful words, Gordon, uh, small on big. It, n- it never happens as far as, as far as being advantageous to the defense. Gordy, you mentioned rebounding there, that the, the Jazz have compiled that large number of rebounds. Uh, I saw a stat that uh, – and let me preface this by saying, and I'm guilty of this too, I often look at what the Jazz are doing with the three-point shot, and if they are shooting it efficiently, they almost always win. But I saw a stat that the Jazz are 31-6 and six when out-rebounding their opponents. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. Oh, very much. And the learning point about that is that their, their defense really sets up their rebounding. So the, the Jazz are a very good defensive team, and they're in the top three overall, both on-ball, off-ball, defending the three-point shot, and Rudy's brilliance protecting the rim slash paint. But with that said, part of defense is securing the rebound, and that's the last component of defense. So the Jazz are 31-6 and six when they out-rebound their opponent, and it's the physicality that – the winning teams have, and that's the Jazz right now. They're really getting good play besides that of Rudy. But Royce O'Neal really is a good rebounder. That guy has very good timing. Against the Kings, he had 14 rebounds, which is a career high, but it's how he gets them. He gets them both climbing and also on the ground horizontally. Gordon, with the three-point shot, uh, as far as being such a dominant force, when the Jazz play defense and the shot is missed by the opposing team, besides verticality, becomes now horizontally, you've got to chase the rebound down. And that makes Royston even more valuable because he has enough foot speed and instincts, Donovan Mitchell, Michael Conley, Joe Ingles, all the guys to get rebounds off the floor to ignite, to ignite their fast break. Coach Chiesa with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, what happened uh, the last time this Jazz team played the Wizards? Gordon and I were talking about it. It was a few weeks ago. It was, I, I think, maybe their worst loss of the year, close to it, because the Wizards are, are not terrific there in the Eastern Conference. But what do they need to fix from that game tonight? Well, that game was a 131-122 loss on March 18th in the, in the nation's capital. And that was the game where Bradley Beal scored 43 points. Russell Westbrook gets 35, 15 rebounds, and 13 assists. From the Jazz point of view, Donovan gets 42. Joe Engel gets 34 without Mike Conley being there. And so what the Jets have to do tonight is they've got to ball contain, both teams do. So the winning team tonight will do a better job of ball containing the dribbler because Westbrook and Bradley Beal will put so much stress on the defender's feet. Likewise, Donovan is going to counterpunch that and put stress on Russell's feet and also Bradley Beal's feet and a half of Ish Smith and a half of Hulu Neto. And so the, so the, the Jets have to ball contain, and they've, they've got to play in front. Uh, the Wizards are the kind of team when they get ahead in the game, which is very rare, but when they do, though, they're definitely a front-running team. And when they're down, they very rarely fight back as far as they're trying to get the knockout punch, even though they're talented. So ball contain and play from ahead. So what's happening with the Jazz defenders in that regard, Gordy? Are they being screened? Are they being beat off the dribble? What, what, what's been the problem? In, uh, at least in that one case of slowing those two uh, more perimeter players down. Very much. Well, it's a combination of two things. is that you've got to be in your stance and be alert to moving your feet. If there was a screening action, you've got to be able to navigate the screen over or under. If there's no screen, 
it's better to play a cushion defense where you really understand the speed and the velocity of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and slightly pay or play off them and be the second jumper on perimeter. So you've seen a million times, Gordon, where Russell Westbrook, against switching defense, he's mastered that freeze dribble where he comes down, he frees the defensive player for that pull-up 18-footer. He's a, but you'd rather have him take that. You'd rather have him take a long shot. So by by playing off him, that gives him an element of shooting over the top where he's dramatically lesser. And Bradley Beal is the same way also, where Bradley Beal is uh, averages 7.8 attempts per game from the foul line, which is um, which is really a high number. He's the ninth best foul shooter in the NBA, and so you've got to do both those guys. Where give him cushion defense. And one more point about Russell Westbrook, Jake. Over the years, we said, oh, you and I are doing many games together and broadcasts, that sometimes so-and-so plays with both teams during the exact same game. There'll be Russell Westbrook tonight, where he changes his jerseys literally during the game when he plays sometimes absolutely great and sometimes for the opposing team. Russell's first in the NBA in most turnovers committed per game at five a game. So he's averaging a triple-double, but he's first in the NBA as far as turnovers, and he's shooting only 31% from threes. And here's the, here's the juggernaut, Jake. He, from the foul line, he's only shooting 62%. Mm. So is the good Russell, and then is not so good Russell. Hello, hopefully tonight from the Jazz point of view and the Jazz primitive defenders that they can have cushion defense on him. So, Coach, no Clarkson tonight dealing with an ankle issue. Uh, no Mike Conley tonight as they manage his hamstring with uh, with back-to-backs with uh, with the game tomorrow. But we've seen Mie Oni soak up a bunch of the minutes uh, when one of the ro- rotation guys is missing. And I actually think it says a lot that they are giving him those minutes over, say, you know, newly acquired Matt Thomas or, or even newly acquired Ersan Ilyasova. But what are your thoughts on Oni? Uh, are you as high on him as the Jazz seem to be? Yes, I am very much. He's athletic. He plays in a defensive stance. He's alert. He's alert as far as trying to guard on off ball. He gets in trouble when he takes a too early quick shot. Last game he goes one for seven. I have no problem with that, one for seven. The problem was that the ball came to him, and just right away he fired a jump shot. Versus, I'm not saying being hesitant. I'm saying get a feel for the game first. That fine line. Wait a second. You know, people want me to shoot. I get that. But you want to do also shoot in your rhythm, but also, by the way, in our rhythm. So he's a good young talent. He's homegrown. The Jazz drafted him and that they're committed to him as far as his development. I like him, especially right now with the way he's playing. He'll get in the game. He's going to try it again, play cushion defense against the uh, the juggernaut of as far as the Wizards, as far as how they try to dribble strike you as far as getting to the basket. So, Gordy, getting back to covering uh, Westbrook and Beal, uh, both those guys are 6'3". Who should get the primary minutes against which one of those guys? Well, Donovan's got to play against one of them. So probably Donovan should, will probably match up with Bradley Beal, and then they're going to try to, with Westbrook, they're going to possibly, you could, you could do this, possibly uh, uh, play um, Royce O'Neal on him. You could, or vice versa. You could. So it's possible that it'll be everybody because the Jazz play switch defense. So including also be Joe Ingles, he'll be in the mix as far as playing. So you want to get, you want to keep small on small versus big on small because these guys have mastered, just like Donovan, they've mastered the art form of a of a of a dribble striking versus switching defense. See, switching defense, 
it's good if it's one through four as far as same skill set, somewhat same foot speed, somewhat same length. But it gets really uh, different when you just switch um, philosophically and schematically and you, you get nothing for it. Like for, so Donovan is absolutely played great against switching defenders. If you notice, you notice against the Phoenix Suns, they didn't switch they didn't switch a lot against it, and they kept small on small and big on big. And it was advantageous to the Suns recently. Coach, let's uh, I'll take the Jazz out of this question for the moment. But who is uh, the best team, or who's your favorite team in the West? To watch play, or just the count? I I let me rephrase. Yeah. Who do you think the uh, taking the Jazz out of it? Who do you think is the best team in the West, regardless of record? Lakers, they're resting right now. Their two main guys are resting. Resting meaning what? Injuries. And for the listeners right now, in 1280 of the zone, it's uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So they, they are the best team in the West because they have the two of the five best players in the world on the same team. And I know they're hurt. So a lot of times when people get hurt, you sort of forget about them. Like, sort of. But trust me, the guys that are playing against these guys they, they respect them. They're going to try to knock them out. But they're the best team in the West right now because of LeBron's absolute brilliance and a playoff-type atmosphere. There's nothing that he hasn't seen before in his life that he's, that he's mastered. And Anthony Davis, he can score over the top of you. He can score at the three-point line in the middle game, and he gives the, the Lakers an absolute rebounding force and a shot blocker. And now with LeBron being hurt, they'll have to make an element, they'll have to adjust some when he's back in the lineup in Anthony Davis. But Kyle Kuzman, former youth player, he's played very well for them, and so is Catavius Colwell-Pope, and so is Caruso now, who's who's struggling beginning of the season. Now he's back, now he's playing well. So there are some good components they have right now. Is that the one team, Gordy, it really doesn't matter where they finish. It does not. They could win it all regardless. I mean, seeding does matter to the team. No, it does not. Especially now with unfortunately with the um with the pandemic and there's very little fans and rightfully so me prefaces at the arenas. So the Jazz home court absolutely bonkers let's get rolling a uh, home court advantage in playoffs might not be the same. Also, also the Trailblazers are the same exact same uh, component as far as unbelievable fan base because they love they love their team. So with LeBron being there and then coming back is that it will negate some of the home court. Also, Denver should be a factor in this because Nikolai Jokic, probably the MVP this year, if I was voting, I'd vote for him number one, is that he is such a force offensively, and he, a, he causes so many dilemmas of the mismatch against him. Whether you got him with big or small, he can make plays off the dribble, and he's absolutely clever. So Denver's got also a, a, a team that could, could go deep in the playoffs. Coach, I understand you have a list for us as usual. Yeah, my list today, Jake, I've been thinking about Joe Ingles, who is really one of the best players in jazz history as far as all around. I thought about him. So I made a list up as far as Joe's attributes, as where he ranks um, as far as assists. But let's not forget, Joe's number one history of jazz basketball of the most made three-point shots, number one. So he's an unbelievable marksman. He's shooting over 40% from threes career-wise. But let's add to this. Oh, by the way, he's a passer. So this list right now is the top ten Utah Jazz career franchise leaders 
and assist. Gordon, before I start, assist passing makes three people happy collectively. Yes, Gordon, happy. They are one, the scorer, two, the passer, and three, most of all, the head coach. Because when guys pass the ball, the head coach is absolutely ecstatic. All right, the 10th greatest assist person in jazz history, Adrian Dantley with 1,702. Number nine, Gordon Hayward with 1,762. Number eight, the late great Pete Maravich with 1,844. Number seven, he coaches the Houston Rockets right now, Jeff Hornacek, 1,895. Number six, the Jazz-owned Russian Comet, Andrei Karolinko, 1,919. All right, number five, he's playing tonight. He's the greatest lefty Jazz player as far as passer. So the greatest lefty passer in Jazz history. He's also, besides that, he's a jumbo passer. At six foot eight, he can pass over the top or around the defense, and he uses his size advantageously, no other than Joe Ingles with 1,000. 940, number, uh, number five on the list. Uh, number four, Darren Williams, 4,003. Number three, the fastest man in the West, they used to call him Ricky Green, with 4,159. Number two, the mailman, with 5,085. And number one, the greatest passer of all time in the NBA history, with 15,000. 806 assists, and by the way, he averaged 10.5 assists per game, is John Stockton. Where's Donovan Mitchell? He's trending, to say the least, right now. In Donovan's fourth year, Donovan has already amassed 1,173 uh, in his career with the Utah Jazz. So eventually, if Donovan minus, God forbid, an injury, or God forbid he's not here for whatever reason, that he stays his whole career here, Donovan, Lord willing, should be number two all-time as far as an assist, and we'll see about points because that guy has got a great game. So, Joe Ingles, we love you, dog. Well, Coach, we love having you on. Thank you so much for dropping by, as always. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Stay well. Peace out. That's our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, joins us each and every Monday here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.